Good morning, everybody. This is the Marcus Today, a members podcast coming to you on Friday, the 1st of September. First day of the month, fairly shabby day it is too, as we wait for the jobs numbers tonight. So it's quite a fun little game we've got going on, isn't it? We've had a series of weak economic numbers. We've seen a bit of a peak in the bond market, 10-year bond yield, by the way, down one basis point overnight. And now we're waiting for jobs numbers to confirm or kill the idea that interest rates have peaked in the US. After they've delivered tonight, Wall Street is on holiday on Monday. Let's see what happens. The good news overnight was a PCE, personal consumption expenditures is what PCE stands for, by the way. And the number was the same as last month, which is a good number, up 0.2%, 0.2% on the month. And there was one comment from Strategist which said that this is exactly what the Fed wanted. If inflation grows at 0.2% per month, they are on track and interest rates are having an impact. So a reasonably good number. And as I say, bond yields drop one basis point in the US. So I'll take that at the moment. All I want is bond yields not going up at this point, so that'll do. We also have one of the Fed governors, Bostick, saying interest rates are high enough. Thank you very much. Other not-so-fabulous numbers overnight was a consumer spending number, which is two-thirds of GDP. It was up 0.8% in July, the most in six months. Not what we want to see, the consumer in the US spending. But, interestingly, the savings rate fell to 3.5%, which suggests that Americans are spending money they have saved, and that is unsustainable. So not worrying too much about those. The other number overnight was the weekly jobless number, which wasn't as jobless as hoped. Jobless numbers or jobless claims fell 4,000. They were expected to drop about 12,000. So slightly stronger jobs market than expected. But it all becomes a little bit irrelevant as it boils down to what the jobs numbers does tonight. And that will, as I have written, as I say, it will either fill or kill this hope that interest rates are peaking or at least bond yields are peaking. The chances of a rate rise at September, at the September 20 FOMC meeting didn't change overnight, 88.5%. Sorry, that's the chance of no change at the RBA meeting. So not a lot to go on overnight. The inflation number behaved itself. The Nasdaq managed a small rise. Dow Jones was down half a percent. S&P 500 pretty much unchanged. So there's not really that much to say on the portfolio front today, although in the ideas portfolio, as you know, in the ideas portfolio, we've bought a few resources stocks. I'm left with the hangover. Thank you for that. ResMed. ResMed down again today. We're down 10%. That almost triggers a stop loss. In fact, it should. I should just have a straight stop loss on this ideas portfolio. Down 10% out. We should have it on almost all our portfolios, quite honestly. The reason why is not because ResMed's going to go down, but I think if you had a flat stop loss rule, doesn't really matter what percentage, but if you had a flat stop stop loss rule, I think you would almost certainly be better off because the odds are better than 50-50 that a stock that is falling is going to continue to fall. And anyway, you end up doing what I'm doing today, which is waking up to ResMed that is just saying, idiot, idiot, idiot every day. And that's not a very pleasant experience. So we should just cut them anyway. Anyway, I'm holding on to ResMed. The reason why is, can so many brokers be 
wrong. If you have a look at the broker stuff on ResMed after their results, the average target price is, can you believe it, 48.5% above the current share price. Having said that, the chart is horrible, but a bounce is due. It's oversold. I'm just holding on to it for the moment. If brokers weren't that keen, I wouldn't be holding on to it. Another thing that's going wrong, and also you probably noticed the Aussie dollar going down at the moment, or has gone down in August by about 3.5%. That's actually good news for overseas earners like ResMed. You do realize ResMed is headquartered in, I should do a quiz for this. Where is ResMed headquartered? California. Where does ResMed earn 65% of its revenue? United States. Where does it earn 36% of its revenue? The rest of the world, not Australia. Australia is small for ResMed. So the falling Aussie dollar is actually quite good news for ResMed, but it's just not showing up in the share price yet. So still holding. And I have a funny feeling, having been years in the institutional broking world, I can tell you sometimes, and it's not a very not a very liquid stock, sometimes a big institutional shareholder just comes along and starts selling and it takes them a while to do it. And the day before they stop, day before the selling ends, most brokers pick up that it's ended and they start buying. So I'm anticipating a rally in ResMed, quite a sharp one at some point, if this is this is down to a single institutional seller, which I'm pretty sure from the behavior of it, it is. I'm looking at the shareholders list. It's not obvious to me from substantial shareholder sales who is selling at the moment. But when you consider its biggest shareholder has 148 million shares, you can see just a small decision to sell a few would kill the price for a while. And after those disappointing results, you can see somebody has decided to get on with selling. Anyway, still holding ResMed in denial, clearly. The other stock of concern at the moment is Fortescue Metals. That's down another 5% today. Guy DeBell, do you remember Guy DeBell? He was five years as deputy chief of the RBA and he joined the board. He's one of those non-executive directors that lends credibility to a company. Not sure how much executive capability he would take to Fortescue Metals. Obviously, they need to deal with the Chinese. 100% of their iron ore goes to the Chinese, by the way. Anyway, he has exited FFI, which is the Fortescue Future Industries. This is the section of the business. Part of the reason the share price fell 5% on results recently, it is sucking CapEx and returning not a lot. So I'm not sure whether there's pressure coming there. Anyway, Guy DeBell has quit Fortescue. He's gone to join vanadium miner Tivan. Have I called that, spelt that right? Uh, pronounced that right? T-I-V-A-N. Code is T-V-N, run by a friend of his. That's up 19% today. And his departure, of course, comes on the back of other departures. You've also seen the CFO, Christine Morris, leave after two months. And the CEO of the Iron Ore Division, Fiona Hick, has left after six months. And nine other executives in the last three years. The suggestion, of course, is that there is some sort of culture problem at Fortescue Metals and the market doesn't like it. I would just say, again, in denial, holding a stock that's gone down, in denial, I would just say this sort of stuff is sentimental, not fundamental. The Chinese don't care who runs or who the non-executive director of Fortescue Future Industries 
is, it has to be said. So whilst it may take a while, this sort of thing provides a buying opportunity, not a selling opportunity. I still believe if we get this resources rally right, and if we get this peak on interest rates right, Fortescue will steamroll this bad day. It was trying to rally, and I'm sure the buyers will be back in just as they came in after the fall on the results. And their buyers, even though brokers to a man have sell recommendations on Fortescue at the moment. And without trying to be rude to brokers, you might as well, even a broker, even an analyst at Fortescue will tell you this, unless they have a very strong and correct view about the iron ore price, you might as well consult an astrologer if you're looking for a recommendation on Fortescue Metals, because it is driven by the iron ore price tomorrow, not the iron ore price history, and not what the PE and yield is on the current forecast, because the forecasts depend entirely on what the iron ore price does, and that changes daily. So as I say, brokers know it as well. Forecasts are almost impossible. PEs don't matter. And whilst the yield is something to go by, it's as volatile as the earnings stream and not to be relied on. So it's not really generally a good income stock or sector either. Having said that, I would just point out we have BHP, Fortescue and Mineral Resources, all of which we hold going ex-dividend next week. So the share price will look like they've come off a couple of percent next week as well. So that's covered the problem, children, Fortescue and ResMed. Otherwise, sitting in the others, waiting to see what happens to the jobs numbers. Fingers crossed that they supercharge the idea that interest rates have peaked. Strategy portfolio still in cash. I think so far this bet on peak rates is short term and little more worthy than a short term positive, which has driven a trade, but not yet an all in assumption of a major pivot points in pivot point in the market. So haven't gone in on strategy still in cash. What else can I tell you today? On the diary, busy sort of diary, I have got a bit of detail in that in my section now. I do think the diary drives decisions. We've got Fortescue and Bendigo Adelaide Bank ex-dividend on Monday. As I say, we have BHP Mineral Resources next week as well, going ex-dividend. We've had house price numbers out from CoreLogic today. National home values up 0.8% in August. Some sign of house prices having bottomed. Melbourne up half a percent, Sydney up 1.1. No results today. Hooray. Jobs numbers tonight. RBA meeting next week after the CPI number this week. There's almost no chance of a rate rise. FOMC meeting September the 20th. Little chance of a rate rise there either. And next week, fairly bland on the economic front. We've got trade numbers from the US, China, Australia, some PMI numbers out of the US and an Australian second quarter GDP number on Wednesday. And apart from the RBA meeting, really not a lot happening next week. US closed, of course, on Monday. In the newsletter today, you'll see a good article from Harold. Harold writes retirement today for us. I've called the article Good Game, and it's about timing the market and how you need to time the market. Harold, you should know, has been running his own, how many years is it, Harold, has been running his own investments, looking after his own retirement for at least two, if not three decades now. He writes for us on Fridays, not every Friday, whenever he's got something to say. He writes for us on Fridays and feel free to email him uh, about his experiences or even about yours. He loves a bit of a chat, but he brings us articles from the perspective of somebody which will be like many of you from somebody who is sitting at home looking after his own investments. He does that, by the way, with Mrs. Harold. And I did love one of his early articles, which was about competing with Mrs. Harold whilst he was running the whole lot on his own. And he kept getting advice. So they set 
set up two, if I've got this right, Harold, they set up two super funds and run them in competition to the point of not telling each other good ideas. <laughs> or am I embellishing? I don't know. Retirement Today. Have a look at that article today in the newsletter. What else have we got? Matt has had a look at Harvey Norman. There's a bit of broker research around after the results yesterday. There's a buy signal on Harvey Norman. Share price turning up. Broker opinions in this morning vary a lot. We have Citigroup upgrading to a buy with a target price 12% above the current share price. We've got UBS with a sell and target price 8% below the current share price. Anyway, I can tell you, got a bit of share price momentum at the moment. Plenty of other broker stuff in there as well. We regularly look at broker stuff. Matt does that for us. So keep an eye out for that. That is always in the ASX Today section. We try to pick out interesting broker views on the day. Good. That's about it for today. As I leave you, market doing a little bit better. We were down 37 points at worst. We're now down 24, going a little bit better. Dow futures up 43. NASDAQ futures up 14. Fortescue Metals, one of the worst, down 5% today. Liontown Resources down 3.5%. ResMed down 2.9%. It's actually creeping a little bit better. Coal stocks, the best on the day. Whitehaven up 4.7. Yang Coal up 4.4. Chalice Mining down another 12% today. I am on small caps patrol whilst Henry is away for the next three weeks. And that's about that. Waiting for Godot, waiting for the jobs numbers. You have a fabulous day. I will be back tomorrow with the Marcus Today, Saturday evening.